0: Sam, episode eight. What are we going to talk about Ep- this week? Uh, on episode eight of Stats of no Matter, we're going to talk about the WNBA, the NFL's new rules for play, and the Washington football team. It just could not stay out of the news. And our main focus this week is going to be our second guest
1: a man by the name of Chris Cody. He's a producer at ESPN for the Dan Lambertard show. Uh, I think he's one of the most entertaining guys on that show. Uh, so it'll be fun to have him on, talk a little sports talk some behind the scenes of the espn show get to know them a little bit more Uh, we're also going to introduce a new segment this week called stoppage time where we're going to dive a little bit into some of the personal side of something important to either one of us Um, and this week on what's in my cup we're going for a twofer a twofer
0: oh yes look shout out to all the listeners and supporters as always you can find stats no matter wherever you get your podcast and you got to follow us on social media On Twitter, it's at Stats Podcast, and on the IG, it's at Stats That Matter. Let's get into the show. And now we're gonna go ahead and just crack them. It's time. So by the time this episode airs
1: on Thursday, I will have started my vacation. I have not taken any extended time off other than my COVID illness uh since pretty much this time last year and anybody who knows me personally and understands what my workload is like this is probably the most deserved and i will say it of myself the most deserved vacation ever uh my workload at work has just been insane i'm doing the work of 10 people so uh mixing it up a little bit this episode uh i'm actually going to drink you know shout out to everybody who as assumed i drink nothing but ipas uh this one's called fizz Wizard. it's a peach melba sour from a brewery here in connecticut called hog river uh a little sweet little tart uh but not bad i'm not a terribly huge sour guy myself but i keep trying i've probably put a hundred or so down if not more um and hog river they make one called gobble funk that is probably up there with Um, the very few that I would enjoy, I could still only have like one in a sitting, but vacation, specialty beer,
0: got to go a little, uh, got to go a little off the wall. Oh yeah, for sure. This week I am drinking, uh, floating orchids from Dogfish Head. I was up in, uh, Rehoboth Beach this past weekend, took a little vacation myself, got a little beach time, got a little burn on, uh, that's a sunburn. It's not like a Rasta burn or anything like that, um, or a rug burn. (laughs) And it is 6.5% tropical IPA. I mean, we got to keep this summer going even when the thunderstorms are here. So cheers. Let's get into this thing. huh? Cheers.
1: And for anybody who cannot see Sam, uh, he is glowing at the moment. And I can tell (laughs) by whatever his long sleeve shirt he seems to be wearing, he's probably about a million degrees. But keeping up with the look and oh yeah gave me a little insight onto his vacation i didn't even know they made spf 100 sunblock
0: oh yeah your boy needs spf 100 I, uh, <laughs> uh, if i already have anything less than that and that, that was actually a throwback to the to the, my military days you could you could only get like spf 50 75 or 100 because you're just out, like constantly out in the sun and if they trusted you to put 35 on you'd have to reapply about 80 times a day and that would never happen so <laughs> I got like little sticks that are like spf 50 you could put on your face like they look like little deodorant sticks and then i I stay with the stable of the uh, sheer mist the 100 spf guns you gotta have it
1: i just picture you walking around looking like just a full sheet of paper like just pure white with like the the all white (laughs) sunblock long sleeve like uv protectant shirt and like the big rim hat, like
0: that's how I picture you get down at the beach. So, <laughs> so, so I, I got to take a quick head here because I did get one of those hats. Yeah, let's see it. Oh, and here it is. I require that you wear this for the rest of the episode if you can somehow fit your headphones. On. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you guys, you guys can't see this, but maybe if you can. Uh, hold on. Let me mess with these headphones. So this this is really this is how, this is how it goes, right? Um, the beginning of the summer, uh, I do look like a sheet of of, of you know college ruled paper that goes in your trap keeper. Yep. Um, then I get burned, so it's like a <laughs> fresh cooked Maine lobster, and I look like that for about uh, well, I don't know, probably like. Can't even take a this. Even take
1: this seriously it's right recording. It's I recording. To, I have to take a That's screenshot of this. I have to take this is this is going to be the thumbnail for our episode.
0: Oh, it it most certainly should be. Um, Shout out to Hemlock Hats, by the way, (laughs) uh, at a shop downtown in uh, Rehoboth Beach. But, you know, I will be um, lobster red for probably like a month. And then, you know, by the end of the summer, I look like I belong in Athens or Santorini, and I I just got a nice, like, glow to me. And then uh, October comes around, and I'm back to college paper again. So, you know, like, this this is just the story of my life. And 100 SPF is what makes the – three to four weeks, I look like a Red Lobster, um, more bearable. I mean, I, I think I single-handedly keep SPF 100 and aloe vera in, in business. I mean, I, I just I just got to do it. So That's amazing. So
1: for me, I don't know if it was because I was born in Hawaii. Fun fact, most people don't know. When we're rich and famous, that'll be a, a trivia question for you. Um, yeah. <clears throat> however, the first, I don't know, four years of my life, I ran around without a, anything more than maybe – a diaper, some shorts on. Um, my dad and his whole family are very Irish. My full name is Timothy Patrick Cronin. He's John Michael Cronin. My brother is William John Cronin.
0: Uh, were you guys like asked to be extras in the in the Departed, or did you not make it because you were born outside of New England?
1: Uh, yeah, we weren't. My dad was from New England, so uh, it is fitting that he lived in a town called Everett and uh, Melrose growing up. And of all of the moving around I did, because I went all over the place, uh, as my son was born, we actually moved from Charlestown in Boston to Melrose, Massachusetts. And I kind of forgot that that happened, that he was from Melrose, which is dumb because we were there all the time to see my grandfather. So I went (laughs) golfing, and the golf course had, like, a bench dedicated to my great-uncle because him and my grandfather golfed. So for couple years i spent some of my golfing time golfing at the same golf course that uh my dad grew up learning on but for whatever reason as irish as they are and as i am uh i i burn but not in the same way i burn and then it goes directly into a tan so i went on the river in a canoe for four hours this weekend and three hours of that i didn't even bother with any sunblock. got a little red but already i got this nice little golden bronze yeah, golden nice. hue, if you will. Yeah, the only the only yeah. Irishman that can
0: tan in the entire United States, probably. <laughs> I hundred percent bought this hat to make sure that my burn didn't get worse the second day we were at the beach. I need that. So hemlock, yeah. if you listen I, to it, this, uh, yeah, hook him up. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the cool thing is, it has. Uh, I don't know if you see this. It's got jaguars underneath the brim. Nice. It's 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 uh it's weird, but yeah, it's uh it's pretty sweet. All oh, right, okay. so. We're throwing things out of whack here, but obviously, well, you know, here we are. We're coming up fast on our 10th episode here in a couple of weeks. And, of course, we've been asking all the time, listen, if you guys have suggestions for the show, shout them out. Let us know. Um, we didn't tacitly ask you to correct us if we made some mistakes, but you know, the expectation is you. if you're friends with us, you'll do that anyways. We'll know. So, Tim, I, I got a couple of retractions because mm-hmm. you, the fan, spoke and we listened. Uh, this is a text from uh, a big Seattle sports fan I know. Uh, from my time in the military and i'll read it here and he says how are you guys going to talk about baseball swings which is episode five i believe of stats Manor, mm-hmm. even momentarily and not bring up the sweetest swing in baseball from the kid himself ken Griffey jr that's an absolute travesty and to that i say well i mean we kind of mentioned him but we went right past him just like long gone somebody did we said he was in it and then he was out of it so we're going to mention him and then we leave it yeah uh
1: i will i will admit that one um Big Ken Griffey Jr. fan. Growing up uh, in California, all of our teams were named after professional sports teams, and I had been recruited at a young age to play on a travel baseball team. It was the first time I'd ever been recruited for anything. Um, and we were named after the Mariners. So all of our bags and coats and everything that had our names on it they were all branded from the Mariners. So even though we were in California and I was a Sox fan and a Dodgers fan, I started to take on a little bit of a, a soft spot for the, the Mariners. So I grew up watching him quite a bit. Um, so I will I will own that one as a, as a failure. Um, definitely one of the sweetest swings. Pioneered. He, he didn't start, but he definitely pioneered the sort of, this is my own look in the league with the backwards hat anytime he could. At I never got to see him play, but you are 100% correct that it
0: is a crime against the baseball humanity to leave them off the list. We'll use that as like a limited test. limit test. Every time we uh, you know, we, we go to talk about old school baseball, we'll just have to say, all right, does th- the kid effect work here? And then we'll go ahead and say something about that. So that's good. Uh, then another one, I got this one via Facebook Messenger. This is from a longtime friend of mine from college, and he he referred to himself, actually. I didn't name him in Episode 7 of Stats of Matter when we talked about uh, the guy that ate uh, nine Whopper Juniors. Uh, he, he sent me a screenshot of the pod and he said, quote, it was 10 Whopper juniors and Steve's fries, unquote. <laughs> and then he, he said a couple of laugh faces. So Tom, thank you very much. I, I tried to, I tried to give you some cloud as much as I could, but yes, that was a, um, that was a dare. We, mm-hmm. we decided to walk down to the bird King in, in Gorm, you know, right there on the uh, on main drag. And we said, yeah. I bet you can't eat 10 Whopper juniors. Tom is in a league all of his own. So, so we, uh, appreciate the fact that you guys brought this to us and our apologies for not getting those facts straight, uh, stats don't matter, but facts do. So keep those retractions coming, keep us on our toes. We appreciate it. And man, please, please get your insides
1: checked, get the heart checked, get yourself, uh, you know, a full write up because that cholesterol
0: is probably still bouncing around inside your little arteries. Yeah. So without a doubt, without a <laughs> doubt. All right, let's get into this fast break here. The fast break of these sports stories that are happening right now and you need our take on them. Uh, Tim, Miles Garrett is going to make a lot of money, a lot of money. Five years, $125 million, and a long-term extension with the Cleveland Browns. Chris Jones got a four-year deal that's worth $85 million. 60 of it is guaranteed. And, I mean, I guess it's good to see that after Patrick Mahomes uh, took all the gold reserve from Fort Knox and all the money in the the Federal Reserve with his 10-year, $500 million deal, that it's a good sign that teams are negotiating some semblance of the league uh, is coming back with these types mm-hmm. of deals happening.
1: Yeah. What's the saying? If, if, as I rise, we all rise, you know, you see it all the time. Some crazy deal comes out of nowhere. And then the next thing, you know, all these other deals start coming out that are, you know, really high paying and Bryce Harper and, and, and trout and things like that. Um, it's not nearly on the same level as Patrick Mahomes, but it's pretty damn good money. Uh, of that money, of 125 million, a hundred of it is guaranteed, and fifty Ooh. of it, and fifty of it, he gets the day he signs. Could you imagine walking in, signing a contract, and being I mean like, "Sir, here's your check for 50 million dollars. Go buy a small island somewhere." Oh, and we're going to continue to pay you a couple million dollars every single year on top of that, just for fun money. That is bananas to me, but that is what happens when you were 2019's 49th listed player in the nfl's top 100 list so you earned no. it uh you hope that you know as a defensive player making this much money i'm sure and arnold and several of these other high profile players will also begin to take in more i think defense defense wins games as they say but you always tend to hear more about the offensive players making a ton of money uh hopefully this just starts a trend where
0: you know Everyone's getting paid, and now I can pay $500 for uh, nosebleed tickets. We sweet. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for sure. Uh, the Washington football team announced Monday that it's officially retiring its old name and logo. And some of the potential names that uh, are in line to replace it are the Washington Warriors, the Red Tails, which is a tribute to Tuskegee Airmen, uh, veterans, the Washington Red Pandas, the Washington Founders, Federals, Red Wolves. Braves, which is a shout out to the original name of the team when it was in Boston, uh, Tribe, Freedom Fighters, Hogs, the Potomacs, and the Red Dead Hawks. But, Tim, there's a problem because mm-hmm. most, if not all, of those potential team names are currently trademarked by a Virginia man who's known as a patent squatter. And uh, I was today years old when I learned that patent squatters are people who patent things before they become hot. And mm-hmm. then they say, hey, you can have this name, but you need to pay me for it. So his name is uh, Martin McCauley, and apparently he sent an email to the NFL saying, hey, you can have these names. And 10 days later, since I didn't respond to them, he put on Twitter this morning at 5.58 a.m., I think 10 days of offering to give the NFL my trademarks for free is enough. My new answer will be something vague like I never expected anything, but I will entertain any offer they want to make. This would be funny if it wasn't so sad, because it actually kind of lends a lot of weight to the thought that if FedEx didn't, formally asked Dan Snyder to change the name and Nike and Amazon didn't covertly stop keeping their merchandise online to stop people from like rushing to purchase it, that uh, maybe nothing would have been done. So now the team has to fight for its right to throw a name change party. And uh, <laughs> this seems like the most Washington football team thing that could possibly happen.
1: Man. Uh, Talk about drastic short-sightedness. All of this, I get it. Uh, It's in the time of social change. The climate is very tense. There was a lot of scrutiny that was going on. Your uh, financial backing and your financial well-being was at risk. So you you decided to quickly make a move. Perhaps in a bit of short-sightedness, Maybe you should have kept that stuff closer to the chest until you actually came up with a plan to make that change, not just, I'm going to do it. Now, granted, this guy's probably a jerk and had started doing it uh, or started planning for ahead of time. I know these are, quote-unquote, cheap purchases, but they're not that cheap. I mean, some of these patents might run $500 a piece because you have to trademark it. You have to get some form of service or something that you own tied to it. So I, from what I understand, he's made domain names and apparel uh, just to include names and and phrases that help trademark, you know, team players, player count, those sort of phrases get tied into it. So now he can trademark it as a, a, I don't know, sport. I'm no expert in trademark law, but from the sounds of it, this guy has done it enough that he's set himself up pretty well to sort of block all this. but. I am not buying for one second that he was going to do it for free. You don't spend, let's say he, no. trade, let's say he trademarked 25 names at $500 a piece. That's a lot of money to just say, oh, I was the guy who trademarked it. There is zero chance in hell that he wasn't trying to make a move for some sort of financial gain. And I know some of the reports that, oh, you owe it for $500. No, no, he's going to make a move. Um, funny little bit of irony Uh, My name and a lot of things uh, like Twitter is uh, Gritty McDuff, uh, because I at one point had the bright idea to, (laughs) as a craft beer fan, I took on the name of one of my favorite beers at the time, which is a brewery in, I mean, uh, it's a brewery pub in Portland, Maine called Gritty McDuff. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, maybe someday they'll want it and I'll exchange it for some beer or some free food. Uh, I'm 37 now. I will be 37 this year and they have not come knocking for it. So uh, those dreams and hopes uh, are gone. It wasn't really on purpose. It was an afterthought, but hey, Gritty McDuff's in Portland,
0: I got you. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you what, getting uh, one of Gritty McDuff's uh, mugs was a a shining achievement of my, uh, my early twenties for sure. Uh, But you probably had one of those ideas about keeping the name after a few too many pub styles or or, you know, trout stout, slick, so, slick, nicks, black five that's what it is. Yeah. You know, slick nicks, yeah, that too. So, I, I completely understand that. Um, so hopefully, they don't come after you for trademarks. <laughs> 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 Citing this podcast, but then we'll know they listen. So, I guess 50 50, eh, we'll take that. Yeah. Um, The NFL is going to ban Jersey exchanges due to coronavirus concerns, according Mm, to a set of mm -hmm, play mm -hmm. protocols that is almost certainly going to be DOA and not see the light of this season. Uh, Some of my favorite highlights from this policy are as follows. 184 people max can be granted field access for the game. That doesn't count coaches, players, or assistants. Now, you might be wondering what a typical population of people on the field is, and it's actually a lot. It's It's 150 to 200 employees with 12 to 20 cameras. So basically, there's no change. Hmm. You, you took 20 off the max. Yeah. Uh, no shared water cups or bottles in the sidelines. That's kind of smart, actually, because if, if the virus transmits via droplets, that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, assistant coaches who are in the booth must wear masks when moving to and from the booth. So for those assistants who print out the pre and post snaps of the photos for Bill Belichick and Josh mm-hmm. McDaniels, we're sorry. But you're going to be doing a lot, a lot of moving, like you are already. Uh, players are required to spend the night before games at the team hotel, even if playing at their home stadium. Uh, I think we already saw with the bubble in Orlando, that's going to get broken a few times. I'm yeah. sure, uh, copious temperature checks. Any player with a tempo over hundred point four is barred from playing. So there will be no redux of the Michael Jordan flu game. And this is huge actually, because in 2015, um, I did see the Seahawks when they played, uh, the Steelers It was a 39, 30 thrilling victory. Russ tossed five CDs. And he said after the game that he had an illness. He said he had the flu or something, and he was sick as a dog. And in a game, he received three IVs. So in this in this time now, that would never happen. The first time Russ gets an IV or he has a temperature, he's, he's not playing. So yeah. you're going to see probably a lot of strongman records you know, for most consecutive starts or, or games played. That's that's kind of in danger now. Not a bad thing, though, because we don't really need people out there with coronavirus throwing it around. Uh, coaches and players who aren't likely to appear in the game are strongly encouraged but not required to wear masks maybe i should strongly encourage but not require them to maybe not be in the field
1: yeah although i can see a lot of teams adopting this in fear or in a form of protection against the really expensive apparently lip readers that uh the other teams always hire because you always see them hiding their face but behind things already so maybe this is a, a cheap out um it's really funny. I know a couple NFL players have tweeted about it and talked about it. Ton. But you are going in and playing a full contact sport where you are just bashing up against each other and piling up on top and of each other. Away from each other. And you're worried about swapping a jersey. That makes no sense at all. Right? I mean, they might as well just convert it to touch football except for touch if you get within like five yards of their down. Because there's no way that any of those things are going to take effect or work with players who are actually on the field and hitting each other. You start a few feet away from each other. If you're doing your job, you stay within a few feet or closer to each other the entire time you're playing. And your job is to tackle the other person. Are they going to equip you with a face mask? no even i've seen some mock-ups of like the the shield that they can put sort of on the bottom half of your uh, face mask okay that still leaves the whole bottom still leaves the whole top and it effectively it's the same thing as wearing a mask that's not fitted to your face it's the the idea behind it's great And, and look i'm one of those i know masking and not masking is a really big thing depending on where you fall on the political spectrum apparently uh, and I err on the side of, okay, there's a lot of information on both sides. It just means that we don't really know. So let's err on the side of caution. So they want to put a mask on the lower half of your face guard, then go for it. Whatever. But I think given the circumstance... It'd be like asking rugby players to go out with surgical face masks
0: as they're playing. At the end of the day, you're literally oh, can you are literally seeing that in the scrum because like <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't even know, even if a different color jerseys you would or kits, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know who was on your team. No, no.
1: So I, I appreciate what they're trying to do, but you're asking a physical contact sport to adhere to some form of distancing restrictions or contact restrictions. And I, I mean, I'm sorry, if I'm tackling you and I have you down and our faces are this close together, me walking to the sideline and taking a sip of water that someone else may have taken a sip of or standing next to a coach who might not be wearing a mask is probably the least of my concerns. It's just, it's a, it's a, you have to try, you have to put something out so that you have some form of, you know, covering yourself if things definitely go south, but Staying inside your room for 24 hours, the the period in which you are contracting COVID and you start showing your first symptoms can be up to five days. So the 24 hours before your game, that's a little bit in vain also. I think it just tends to show more and more that we don't really know the best way to go about doing things. And it harkens back to some of our previous podcasts where I said, is the risk of going into something really not knowing what the hell we're doing worth it? uh in exchange for the value you put into each one of these players and then to come out with some of these small things that give the appearance of helping but forgetting the fact that these guys are literally just hugging each other for three hours every single day and that doesn't even include practice that is just what happens on the field for the time that you're watching the game, but then they all have to go to locker rooms, and then they all have practices for three or four days in between, and you have all those travel plans in between. It's... I get it. You have to make an attempt. You have to try it, but anybody who looks at that has to just... Like, if if you're one of those that thinks masks are ridiculous, there's no way you take any of that seriously. If you're someone who thinks masks are required in a, in a serious thing you can't look at that and say that that's a serious thing because it's really there's no winning there except for maybe the guy yeah. wearing a mask going from booth to booth but then what are you doing with your hands are you touching things and then touching your mask because now your mask is now exposed it's it should just it should come to terms with the fact that if we're going to have a season from the time you walk into that stadium you are potentially at risk and that's a risk you have to take if we are going to play this game just stop the over-restrictions because its they're all in vain. Just, if you're going to do it, go all the way in. Uh, otherwise, you're wasting a lot of money, resources, and time trying to prevent something that's going to get negated the first time someone says hike. Not even the first time someone says hike. After the coin, to- after the coin toss, when the two yeah. teams line up against each other, gone, gone. Those 24 or, players or on the guy
0: yeah. like um, like Drew Brees when he like licks his finger and then goes to like, you know, get the ball handed to him. Like, uh, OK. Yeah. Bye.
1: <laughs> hey, uh, and then oh hand sanitizer yep. No, it's game over. Like everything you just did is thrown out the window unless you are hand sanitizing yourself after every hike and you have a plexiglass
0: wall between everybody. It's just isn't that t- performance enhancing, though, because couldn't theoretically. Couldn't the stickiness of the uh, of the hand sanitizer? If, if it doesn't go ahead and, and yeah, you see what we're doing? I, I'm getting just as crazy as they are. I, I'm going to pull out of this argument. This yeah. is not even worth it. Nothing. Ever All be- right, nothing beats those gloves that they use. If you ever try to pair
1: those things on, it's like having oh yeah, duct tape. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, it is. All righty, moving on. Uh, Maddie ratings are out. Uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes and Christian McCaffrey are two of the first members of this year's 99 club. Get the 99 overall score. Um, the quarterback rankings came out, and some people are upset. Tim, I don't know if you know who was number two in the list after mm-hmm. uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he, um, you know, his middle name might be Carrington. He might uh, be hailing from Richmond, Virginia. He might have gone to the University of Wisconsin. He might play for the Seattle Seahawks. It's Russell Wilson, 97 overall, and it's about time my dude Russ is getting some respect. Right behind him, uh, Lamar Jackson, number you know three. He's got 94 overall. Drew Brees, 93 overall. Tom Brady, number five, 90 overall. That, that is crazy. I mean, at this at this rate, Tom Brady could be in Madden 30, 33. And, mm-hmm. you know, he'd still have like a 70. Probably. Score, which is better yeah. than some of these other, you know, quarterbacks. I just want to put that out yeah.
1: there. Well, I don't necessarily disagree much. I think two is a little high for Russ. I oh, actually would goodness.
0: put – This is crazy. Ooh.
1: I would put Lamar – I would flop Lamar and Russell. Uh, I you guys would even, can't I would see this because you're listening to it, but I'm eye rolling so hard right now. I would even make a case. It's tough because both of them are so early in their careers. But I would even maybe make a case, depending on what game you looked at last year, with Lamar being one and Mahomes being, but Mahomes won MVP. I get it. He had all the flashy, you know, left hand throws and all those crazy throws. His IQ was supposed to be really high. Um, So I get it, I will give him number one. I would probably put Lamar right behind him. And I'd be all right with Russ at number three. I think Tom Brady might even be a smidge high going into an unknown season. Given his age, I would have been okay seeing him down to like seven or Um, eight-ish. Even 10, I mean, guy's old as dirt. Going into a new team. Uh, Gronkowski, his out is there, but it's his first year without Belichick, so he's getting a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. His football IQ is still better than anybody else on the field, which is where his bread and butter is now. It's not necessarily the 60-yard bombs, um, but his ability to recognize what a defense is doing and make adjustments and changes and make something out of that uh, warrants higher ratings than almost everyone on this list, but Let's be real. Uh, football IQ gets you so far when, you know, the guy who's at the top of the list can throw off his back foot, falling backwards and drop an 80 yard dime. So
0: I get it. Yeah. I get it.
1: He's, yeah. I, I think he's a little high. He should be closer to
0: like, I would put, I would put Brady down a little further, maybe like eight or nine. Mm, well, it's interesting. Rogers is uh number six, 89 overall. Matt Ryan, number seven, 87 overall. Deshaun Watson, number eight, 86 overall. Dak Prescott, number nine, eighty four overall, and Carson Wentz, mm. um, eighty-four overall as well. So there's a little bit of suspect rating, I think, going down there back. But uh um, I, I have a little bit of a not a hot take. But I
1: would consider swapping Carson Wentz, or maybe maybe Dak with of all people, Tannehill. Because Ooh. according to pro football reference he led in several categories last year including passer rating and yards per attempt which is very surprising um, he took that's comparing Carson Wentz season versus his season so if you go back just the last three years um, he led a couple of other categories which is a little surprising to me I know he was you know surprising that he led in any number without a lot of conversation going around i know he's a little bit older than someone like carson wentz carson wentz has been a little bit more injury prone but carson wentz has more attempts um he has more completions but the overall rating is lower um i don't have a lot of faith in carson wentz myself i have a lot of in Tannehill either but i think i would put Tannehill on that list and maybe bump carson off that top 20 or off that top 10 but i do think carson wins at his prime given a few years might work his way up that list but it's yet to be seen because the poor guy can't stay healthy
0: well he also he doesn't have any receivers to throw to i mean yeah this is kind of the thing, right? L did benefit from having Jarvis Landry for a couple of years. And then he went to place where he had AJ Brown and Derrick Henry that were able to sort of make the offense, you know, home right along. So yep. I- I'm not going to just dang Carson completely. Uh, even though I don't think he's ever won against a certain team. That's their uh, the quarterback's number two on the list, but you know, we don't need to go ahead there. That's fine. It is what it is. Eagles <laughs> fans will hop in my mentions. Hmm. And honestly, you got you gotta one or two, maybe. And that's my last thought on this. Um, I mean, Lamar is on the cover, right? So if you're going to break the Madden curse, maybe you don't need to be on the cover and the 99 club overall, because then you're just kind of like really tempting fate to like come in and get you. You know what I mean? Mm. Oh, so we're talking about sports in a bubble, but uh, NBA players are seeming to already break the bubble rules already, which we knew. Uh, And there's a hotline now to report players who break the quarantine because this is COVID-19. And as Childish Gambino says, this is America. Um, Two players are already under quarantine for one for accidentally crossing the bubble line on the, the campus to accept takeout food. And from the player CBA, this is what it says. Failure or refusal to comply with the protocols may subject the player to disciplinary in action by the NBA or his team which may include a warning, fine, suspension, and or removal from the campus. And repeat offenders may be subject to enhanced discipline. Player challenges to any disciplinary action shall be through the grievance arbitration process of the CBA. Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, one of the players for the Nets, who's already out anyways, um, had you know, told Taylor Rooks, like, stop calling the snitch hotline. Yeah. So um, I, you have the tale of two halves here. You got people that are not happy with food in the bubble, so they're willing to accept Uber Eats, Grubhub, Postmates, whatever it is, uh, and then walking across the imaginary line, which they shouldn't be crossing. Also, why is that line imaginary? And why is, if we're talking about sports in a bubble, why is it a figurative bubble and not mm-hmm. a literal bubble. Uh, and then second, uh, you know, go to your teammates first. It'd be like, bro, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's bad enough that, that the people on the stats, matter podcast said this, this season, this championship's going to have an asterisk next to it, but I'm trying to hear, I'm trying to be here, make money for my family. I'm trying to get a shot of this postseason, And you're telling me you, you want a big Mac and you had to go walk across the street to get it. And now you're in quarantine for eight days. Like, Once the games start happening, uh, people are going to be heated about this. And I personally cannot wait for all the snitches, if that's what you want to call them. I don't. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be quite happy to hear that the the hotline's been blown up. Yeah, it's, you know, see all of my previous
1: statements about football because many of them also apply here where – If anybody who's part of this whole process is allowed outside of their bubble, it's all for not. Because as soon as the game starts, they're all basically on top of each other playing. Anyway, um, it's kind of a, like you said, it's it's kind of a tale of, of two halves where I'm sure, just like anybody scrolling through their social media feed, Half of the people who are in this league probably think that this is all being overblown. The other half probably thinks, okay, if we're going to do this, let's do it safely and let's have everybody get involved. We're hearing more and more about some of the long-term effects of what COVID can cause, so I don't know why more players aren't on the side of, yeah, this is a serious thing. Um, But I think there's only so much that you can do you're asking players to risk themselves and their well-being and their lives to come out. You know, lives might be a bit dramatic, but in some cases, yeah, you are risking your life to come out and play a dumb game at the end of the day. It's just a it's a game that people pay a lot of money to watch and people get paid a lot of money to play. Um, you don't want to feel like you're in a prison. I get it. You had the opportunity to opt out. You had the opportunity to say, you uh, no i don't want to be part of this uh for whatever reason you didn't have to go so it isn't quote unquote prison but at the same time they're all grown men you know the age range from these guys is 20 ish to 40. so having them you know you are going to be here for several weeks inside of this small space i get it it's really hard Some of the younger guys are, you know, you're hearing college parties and COVID parties and, you know, all these crazy things that are going on. And some of these young guys are probably like, look, I'm just getting a burger across the street. Not realizing that one person exposed leads to like 15 people contracting it. So very quickly, especially when you're in a confined space, you can get out of hand very, very quickly. So we've got mixed emotions on it. Do I blame the guy for wanting a cheeseburger? No, because I've had hotel food. Now, granted, my hotel food is probably very different than their hotel food, but their class of food in general is probably very different. It's like when you first start drinking craft beer to what you think is good now, in comparison, they're not even the same thing. So what I think is a high-end meal is probably like a random Friday night out to Fridays for them. So I get it. I get it. They're making a lot
0: of money. They want the things that they want. But it's up to the NBA to actually kind of like pre-plan that ahead of time. Yeah. And if, you know, if you could have easily, you know, for some of the players to start getting there, hey, you know, here's the menu and you could have taken that feedback and changed that. Instead, you got people using Uber Eats and, and Postmates and everything. Yeah. And like set up, they're saying, I'm ready to take that risk. Yeah. Set up, a, for
1: what? set up a process. If you want to order out, go through a channel where the process can be handled, you know, Order the food, get the food, sanitize the bag, leave it in an area that's deemed safe. There are plenty of ways to make that work. Um, I guess it just depends on how much effort both sides want to put in. I don't think there's going to be a full season. I don't think, I mean, we're not even into the season yet, and already people are getting. ANSI's sitting around their rooms, and other people are getting pissed off and having to call, you know, the quote-unquote authorities to let them know that they're upset. Um, So they're never going to make it through the full season. I don't think the NFL is going to make it through a full season. I don't think Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is the only one that has a chance because unless someone in your own campus gets it inside your own team, uh, there's not a lot of cross contamination unless you're rounding the bases or you're standing on first, which, sure. Um, I, you know, as this thing continues to get out of out of hand, I don't I don't think any of them are going to have a real season. I just look at all of this as wasted resources. That's going to hurt all of these teams down the road for and leagues for all the money that they're having to put into it. I know it's a little bit cynical, but they're reporting they reported what last week. And already you're having guys like, no, no, I need, I need my Uber. I need my, I need what I need. What's going to happen three weeks from now when they're all tired of sitting inside of their rooms or say someone has a falling out with their team and there's no way to go get space. You know, before you take a day off, go do your own thing. Now you cross that imaginary line. You're stuck in your own space now for eight days with nobody. So yeah, it's, it's brutal i appreciate the
0: effort but i kind of look at all of it as a big joke you you may you may look at it a little cynical tim but of the 322 players in orlando right now only two have tested positive thus far and the other the other two could be presumed positive are Mm -hmm. currently quarantined and waiting for results of of any test so yeah uh, i think that's pretty good although we're gonna need to see how the rest of the season goes um but this this is just yeah.
1: I mean, you yeah. you moved to see you Something moved else. you moved your entire league and plan to play into a state right now. And I know there's some questions. I always have to. I always feel like I need to justify my statements because I know there's people out there listening who are going to question each statement. But I understand. Recently, they came out and said a lot of the tests in Florida may not have been accurate. It was like twenty five thousand tests. Cool, that's like a day's worth right now. Because every day, it's like fifteen to thirty thousand people are being tested positive. So if you want to say, sure, twenty-five of those may have been bogus, cool. That's almost a drop in the bucket at this point. If you look from where this started till now, it is increase, and that's a may have been inaccurate. Not that they were. It's just they we're not sure. It is what it is. So they could totally be accurate, but they have to quantify it and say maybe they weren't. Anyway, you moved it to a state that is currently hemorrhaging COVID patients at a really, really high level. What are the protocols you're holding all the staff, not just the players, but what about all the staff that's there helping keep that afloat? Are all of the roomkeepers, are all the janitors, are all of the maintenance guys, are they stuck there for the duration of the season? Probably not. Are the hotel check-in player? are the referees, is everybody there sit to are set to live inside of this bubble for the duration no you have all these little leaks and cracks in the in the the plan and all it takes is one person right one yeah. person has a one person has a weekend off decides to go to the beach they come in the following day and say it is a a you know someone who's in cleaning the rooms many rooms are they going to clean a day how many surfaces are they going to you hope that they clean every single surface and all that sort of stuff but there's always always a story about a contamination and I think it's once it gets underway there's too many cogs moving around to keep everything going you can try and keep the player separated from everybody you can try to sanitize as, as much as you want but there's cracks everywhere and it takes one player who took his temperature before he went into a game the virus tends to react to stress and then boom now he' has a temperature mid game cool now he's just exposed everybody on that court and now all of them have to be quarantined for 14 days you t- yeah, well I mean you followed your protocol you tested his temperature before the game started um, I know my first day when I woke up I didn't test I had a scratchy throat I didn't I didn't have a fever for 24 hours that was on day six. From the time I think I got exposed The time that I actually showed my or Signs of my first fever Six days I We shut down work And my wife and I we all quarantine in our own Our own house just through normal Social distancing protocols But if I was going to work every day How many people would I have Exposed in that six days Yeah Or the 24 hours between the time I had my scratchy throat To the time I actually had a fever and everybody exposes it. So,
0: hogwash, all of it. I, I think. Uh, I think two things. Um, one, for the people who are comparing uh, the NBA players' life in the bubble to the fire festival, uh, I got to say this: you guys are not even the same thing. You had uh, a festival that a lot of people thought they were going to go enjoy and see something, and they paid a lot of their own money. Versus people that are being paid to play a sport inside of a bubble. Um, the the cheese sandwiches with salad and a little bit of dressing is is not even on point with the food the hotel food that the NBA players have posted online that they're getting and if you've seen any videos of the WNBA set up with their laundry rooms uh with you know roaches or mouse traps or everything like clearly there's there's like you said a tale of two of two halves so uh don't be saying that in I just Stay tuned, I guess, because uh, stories from inside the bubble are going to get crazier and crazier. So that was the Fast Break. Those are the stories we think you need to know. Uh, Tim, we're about to get into our interview here with our second guest, Chris Cody. But before we do, I just I kind of I listened to the episode of the uh, Greg Cody podcast that you were on the other day. And for, you know, listeners out there, definitely go check it out. Um and I was just really, really, I, I think personally impacted a little bit by just hearing sort of your story about um, some of the things that your family had to go through. And it's just, it's kind of wild. Cause like we were still talking, but like, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't really fully understand, you know, that, that you had presumed positive for COVID and that, that was like something that was going on through your life. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the, the episode of the podcast for the listeners. They should go definitely download and listen to it as soon as they finish here. But, when you talked about having like games that you would play with your son, like on different sides of the glass, like I had to hit pause. Like I would that that like just kind of hit me in, in the gut a little bit. And I just got to say, obviously, from you know my small family to yours, like I, I truly appreciate the fact that you're still here with us and you're doing this, um, and just you're you're fighting, talking about that, and sharing that story. Uh, I think that there's so much hype and paranoia around this, and uh, it's just, it's just unreal that you were able to to share that stuff.
1: Thanks. Yeah, it was. Um, I talked about it a little bit, but it's hard to sort of convey how difficult it was. Just it was so early on in all this, just the fear of what could be and what couldn't be. Days where I had, like, you know, some difficulties breathing, or yeah, I was like, I need to lay down. And I fell asleep for several hours, which we jokingly look back at now is maybe not a good idea. If I think I'm going to pass out, maybe that's not a good time to, to lay down. But. It was a little heartbreaking sitting in, you know, I have a four-year-old who's very, very aware of separated life from his father who is, you know, in the same house but isn't able to do things. So I had glass markers and, you know, I taught him how to play, you know, tic-tac-toe. We would draw pictures. He would leave notes for me. Uh, we'd set up iPads on both sides and we would start the same movie just to sit and have little movie nights. And, you know, he was a little trooper. would push himself in his really uncomfortable corner spot to like lean up against the glass just to kind of feel that there was, there was something there. So, uh, it is frustrating seeing all the stuff that goes on. I know a lot of people get sick and they don't show any symptoms or anything like that, but to have it, to have gone through it, to see the heartbreak on my son's face, to see the worry on my wife's face, to kind of not know what lies ahead. when you get it, it's it's a little challenging to see people sort of dismissing it, thinking it's you know, some sort of political hoax or some ploy to get Trump out of office. That's that's not what it is. And I think the circumstances would have been drastically different if you know if Obama was in office and chose to do nothing. Then those same people would be on the other side trying to say you know he was trying to destroy America or, or or whatever. Seeing it just play out the way that it has, I I'm real big at letting people sort of voice their opinions online. I give everybody the benefit of the doubt, but. I don't know the last time I silenced these many people for the 30 days and just outright unfriended people. I think it's the scariest part of this whole thing is seeing what free time does to the minds of people that you thought were generally smart people. And that's not to say that these guys or these friends of mine or or former high school friends or colleagues. uh, It's not to say that they're not smart people. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm not trying to insult anybody. But to see rabbit hole you get lost down the moment you see something that you can kind of associate with or you find maybe you think a little bit of truth to, and you can find anything online that will back up whatever your thought is and you will find other people who will agree with you and help echo that back to you and i think the problem ends up becoming so you can find anything online so as much as someone wants to stand and call the other side Bunch of sheep for blindly following. You're getting your information from that same source in the same way that they are. Uh, and you go through the verification process of both sides. I often think how ironic it would be if we find out five years from now that uh, a lot of the information being spread about masks not being important and how COVID's being um, pushed as a political propaganda machine. Um, Ended up funneling down to, you know, put your tinfoil hat for a second, but we know Russian bots are a thing. That's not a conspiracy theory. We know that they were a thing. But let's say foreign actors decide, hey, you know what? America's weak right now. They'll believe anything we put online. Let's start pushing all of these conspiracy theories and stories about how this is important because, hey, now look at their cases spike. Now, you know. How long is it going to take for their economy to recover? And I know that's all tinfoil stuff, but it's stuff that you tend to think about because it's just unreal. And I think if you look at both sides of the argument, the only thing we really know is that we don't know what this thing is. And erring on the side of caution shouldn't be a political choice. It should just be, in my two cents, the,
0: for the benefit of everybody. You know, More difficult. Yeah. I mean, just think about it. If, if wearing a mask is is not uh, compatible to you because you think it doesn't look good, then go get yourself a good looking mask. I mean, yeah. I got one that's like a Sheshire cat smile and if you look, people could be ticking me off and I could be frowning or angry as hell. And they're not going to know. Cause I'm always smiling. That's right. I'm just, I mean, I'm just, I'm making light of it, but anyways, uh, everyone needs to go listen to that, that, that pod, uh, the, the Greg Cody show. Uh, th- that was just fantastic. And, and Tim, thanks for sharing. Awesome. Well, you know, we are very happy to have Chris Cody on the Stats Matter podcast. You you may know who he is. We know who he is. He's a producer. You probably, on the you probably
2: don't, though. It's it's okay. Oh, you...
0: Yeah, but, you know, people are going to know you now. We got a big reach, right? We got 500 listeners. All right, Chris. So you, We're about to make you go viral, whether nice. you know it or not. <laughs> uh, Chris is uh, a producer on the Dan Lebitard Show, uh, pretty famous. He has a really funny string of YouTube videos, which I, I encourage all of you guys to check out. Uh, we are definitely going to talk about a couple of them. Uh, but yeah, we are very happy to welcome Chris to the uh, this episode of Stats the Matter. Chris, how you doing?
2: I'm good, man. This is exciting. Thanks for having me.
0: Awesome. You are you are our
1: second official guest. You got some big shoes to fill with Adam Shafter. You did give us the Hollywood treatment
2: once already, so we're glad right. to run it back and bring you I, on. I did. I apologize about that. I am here. That's what I did. I, that's actually why I did it. You don't know oh, that. Like, okay. I was just like, I'm Chris Cody. Like I can't just show up on time the first episode. Like I gotta just oh, push it back man. a little bit. It's, it's the stuff. party.
1: You gotta you gotta show up on your time, and we appreciate that. So oh, thanks for having So ridiculous. It. On top that's of the Dan Lebertard show. You also have the Greg Cody show with your dad <laughs> and you also now do you write some of the segments for the Levitard show? Because I know they have like the local hour with Chris Cody and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I I mean writing it is is, is a really nice way of putting it. We don't we pretty much prep more topics and stuff like we prepare the shit out of the show and then use none of it. So like the show <laughs> it, it's. It's unlike any other show when people come and fill in for our show, they just look at us like you guys don't like plan out every segment and we're just like not really. So like it's it's kind of a weird adjustment. As far as the Local Hour do, I I am the co-host of the Local Hour with the other members of the shipping container and it's funny because as you're going to hear in this answer, I'm not very polished at this stuff. Like we are all like third or fourth voices. But in the local hour, it's like, go ahead, guys, do, you're hosting a podcast. So it's kind of interesting. We still get our, our brand of listeners, like our listeners come to us. So like they don't expect that much from us. But it's funny because like you guys talk about only 500 listeners. I guarantee you this podcast is much more polished than our local hour because our local <laughs> hour is just basically turn on the mics and let's talk about like what you had for breakfast and oh, you know, the heat one last night. Like it's pretty, it's, it's, it's very laid back and uh, yeah. it's, it's fun though. We have a lot of fun. I tell you what, I was listening to the, uh, the episode of the, the Greg Cody show,
0: right, the other day when you, when you had our, our boy Tim on, mm-hmm. and uh, I was, like, in the car. We were driving back from uh, the beaches in Delaware, and you guys were asking all the questions at the end with all the sea, the sea names, and I'm like, Charles! Lindbergh, (laughs) And and my wife is like, what are you doing? I'm like, just listen to the pot. All right. That bit
2: is is so frustrating for me because my dad just wants to just like educate people. And I want him to get more wacky with it. And he just wants to give you literally the five most famous Charles ever. And it's just, it's a, it's a, a a thing of contention on our show. But yes, that is a fun bit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, how many people can say they they do a podcast like with, with their dad or their show with their dad, you
2: know, I mean, that's gotta be kind of neat. No, that is really cool. And my dad gets a lot of shit on the show. So a lot of times when we interact on the show, it's me not embarrassing him, but bringing something up that could be funny. So a lot of times I'll get slack on Twitter about you're so mean to your dad. And how how would you and but like, really, we have a great relationship. And we're all we're just like doing a show. So like, I always get a little frustrated when people come at me like that, like, 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 I'm mean to my dad when most of the stuff that we're doing is not pre-planned out, but we're, you know, we're, we're just trying to make people laugh. So a lot of times, you know, I, that's, yeah. yeah, that's interesting.
1: Now did that come naturally or was that part of the inspiration from like Levitard and his dad? Cause I know they're really close.
2: Um, I don't think so. Like, I, like, yeah. I don't think like, they didn't bring me on because w- of my dad, like, because they wanted right. that theme. I mean, the way I started with the show was just like interning and, mm-hmm. and then, like obviously, a lot of privilege. Definitely a lot of privilege getting my my foot in the door. There's no uh, I don't want to like be misunderstood that yeah, I earned. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I definitely got the opportunity with the show, um, because of my dad. But you know, once I got to be an intern there, it was crazy. Just I basically just wouldn't let them. I I annoyed the shit out of them with just ideas and segment bit and bits and yeah. So it kind of like carves my niche that way but uh as far as it was definitely not pre-planned like it's crazy like i think that's Mm -hmm. what makes the show um like it has it's a wacky show and we talk about a lot of stupid shit but there's like an undertone of like family and stuff so like that's why i think it's a good it gives a good balance because if we didn't have that it would just be a bunch of idiots laughing about nonsense
1: i was gonna say that it was gonna be something i was gonna ask kind of later on but one of the things i like about the show the most is that It's entertainment, thinly veiled or under the guise of sports. So you still get the sports information, but it's an entertaining sort of pathway to get to that point Mm -hmm. and an end point. I I constantly joke around that it's, you know, it's not really a sports show. Mm -hmm. It's an entertainment show loosely based on sports. And I think that's pretty accurate. And I think you guys tend to sort of embrace that pretty well.
2: Right, because like we could have a plan. Like, there's a big news story. We're starting the first, like, because usually the first segment we like to throw ESPN a bone, and we'll give you like the news story of the day. Like, we'll usually hit it in the first segment. But if Stugatz says something in that first segment and miss, like, says a word wrong, swat, like, has phlegm pop up, all of a sudden our plans to talk about the news of the day are out the window. And we're gonna spend the next three segments just replaying that sound of Stugatz getting phlegmy. And then we're going to come back in the second segment with it a remix. So it's like a rap beat to it and we're playing the phlegm underneath it. So it's like, that's like, that's what you're talking about in that. Like, you never know where we're we're just going to get derailed somewhere. And that's where like the inside jokes come. And like, that's what, that's the special sauce of the show that makes it different.
1: Do you ever wish it was more sports focused or are you fine with it? Sort of the way it is.
2: I, for my career, I wish I hope I like, I wish it was more sports focused. Sometimes when I'm in it, I'm always having a blast doing what we're yeah. doing. There are times right. where we're doing it. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, if like an ESPN suits listening right now. Like, <laughs> they, like they're not saying to themselves, I need Chris Cody on every show here because he just admitted that he doesn't return his shopping carts. Like when he's in the parking lot, like after he leaves the grocery store, he just admitted. Cause that's, that's a whole nother like rabbit hole. I don't even want to take you down right now. Like I've tend to, I tend to go with the theory that we're doing improv. So I'm always yeah. going to kind of like go for the joke. Like yeah. there's a lot of things that I say that are don't necessarily actually true. Like, you know, I might, I might go for a bit and say, you know what? Nope. I don't like chocolate ice cream just because everybody else was loving it. And I was like, we can't all just love chocolate ice cream. Someone has to come in with, the- so I'm the guy that like always takes the opposite side, like nothing I yeah. say, you, you could call me like, like most, like like I'm kind of the, the the pos on the show that just always is like, oh, Chris is that guy, he's saying the ridiculous thing, so like yeah. I, that's kind of like my lane. So it's fun when I'm in it, but there are times where I'm thinking to myself, man, some ESPN suit is probably listening to this, and he's like, what a dirtbag Chris is because he just said he doesn't pick up his <laughs> dog's poop, and then he said that he doesn't return the cart after the grocery store. So like. There's times where I'm like, Ooh, I wish I could just be better at just talking about LeBron James.
0: Well, if only there was a podcast where you wanted to maybe talk more about sports. I, I mean, I, I just struggled to, to think of where you possibly <laughs> could find such a, such a deal, but you know, I mean, we don't have to have you on four times a month. We, we can go three, two, it, it kind of depends on what you know, your, your <laughs> we'll schedule is. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we yeah. definitely could. Um so you make you, exactly
1: zero revenue to split.
0: It'll be perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, right? It's, it's part of the glow up, right? Like, everything's going to balance out in the end. You, you got, you said you had privilege on the way up. This Now you can get to, you know, put your work in.
2: Give it back. For,
0: yeah, for the brand, for the industry. Right. So, you, you talk about improv and stuff. Um, and, and that is a pretty f- funny part of the show, honestly. To this day, the most I've
1: ever laughed, laughed at any bit on television was Dan almost throwing up on air when Indian? Stu ate the paper
2: Oh yeah see that once again a Stu Got's bit like that one was legit I mean he wasn't really eating the paper but Stu Got's had the paper in his mouth and was like chewing it and stuff like that was legit No fraudulence there uh, was
1: it a mean? Who that was who was Dominique,
2: it? Dominic. Dominic.
1: Dominic. Foxwood walked over, picked it up, was like, "Give me some of that," and took yeah. it, the piece that fell out of Stugat's mouth and put it in his own mouth. And to hear Dan just in the background, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was at work when that was happening, uh, and I could not continue helping people in front of me because I had tears running through my eyes. Yes. And when everyone realized what was happening, we all stood around and laughed so hard. We we immediately clipped it. On Balacan and we shared it just amongst all of our friends. It was awesome. some of the best television I've seen in That's a very, awesome. very, that very one was long legit.
2: time. we also had Billy eat an onion. That was another time where Dan almost threw up because one oh, of the grid of, grid of death punishments was you have to eat an onion like an apple. We got the great audio of just like. Oh, like just like, oh. and Dan lost it and Billy ended up throwing up legitimately and he ended up getting uh kidney stones because of dehydration, no. like a oh. week later, like, <laughs> no, you I can, have, I, I you couldn't keep drinking
1: this. Right. Oh my God. That is disgusting.
0: That is you know, the They worst say onions make every, everything good. Well, with the flavor, unless you eat like an apple and then you right. can't even drink water cause all you tastes is onions. So that's that's ESPN disgusting. radio yeah.
2: sports, sports radio. That's what we are.
1: Let's get into some actual sports. Yeah. Get you involved. I can do this. Get, get, you, get you talking about some sports since, since you want to. Fantasy football player.
2: Fantasy sports player in general. I'm a savage at football. It's really – I'm the guy. I'm the guy with baseball that, like, I don't know if I'm going to do it this year because this is a weird season. I don't know. I might do it. 60 game With baseball, I, around draft time, I'm always like, let me in. I want to do a league. And then I, I sign up. I do a draft. And then, like, two or three months into the season, i like, not looking at my team anymore. Kind of like I've kind of given up on basketball. That's the way I was with basketball too. Football mm-hmm. though, I'm a savage. I'm a savage. I do like, gotta be. I have like five or six leagues every year, and it's usually a prov- a profitable venture for me. I, I guarantee. Like I'm usually at least in the playoffs in half of them, and I usually win a, at least one championship. Last season, I won two championships, made the yeah. playoffs in four out of six. It's it's by far my like. I think most people are fantasy football people, but it's definitely my strength.
0: You do standard you a- EPR or.
2: Um, I, I, like, like I said, since I have multiple leagues, I have like one league that I've been in for like 15 years. That's non PPR, but most, I think like most people, most of my leagues are PPR, but I like to change it up. I like to have different, I like the different structures and stuff. I like to keep it, keep it different. I love dude. It's, there's nothing better than just on a nice, uh, Wednesday morning, checking the, the, the uh, waiver wire. Like once the trance, the waivers have gone through and you see who you got and setting all your lineups for the week. I love it
1: do you have a, a strategy that you tend to follow
2: or like what, like, is it make, like draft strategy like draft overwires? strategies zero yeah. rb i i'm not a guy that's like i gotta draft a running back early like i will draft a running back early but i i'm just like give me the studs like i'm Honestly, the guy like that will take a quarterback earlier than most people will say with their pre charts and like, oh, once Mahomes is gone, you should wait till like the fifth round or something like I'll, I don't like subscribe to those theories. I just love my first three or four picks are usually my focus is just like, give me the best player available. Like I want to, like, I want to be able to hold up my three top picks and be like, look at that. Boom, boom, boom.
0: It's where your like, floor, it's where most of your points are going to come from every single right. week. If you have a top producer at, you know, your, your running back, your wide receiver, or your, your tight end, of your flex position, or your QB, I mean, you're going to be putting up 50 to 60 points like in the one o'clock games, and your opponent's going to be like, damn, this sucks.
2: Yeah, I, I crushed in a non-PPR league, multi, like, I think we went back-to-back champions because it's a big money league, so I have like a partner, like me and my friend do it. We, I yeah. think we went back-to-back when Jimmy Graham was peak Jimmy Graham with the Saints. We this is a non PPR league. I'm pretty sure we took uh, Jimmy Graham in like this late second round. Like people were like, "Whoa, they're taking Jimmy Graham!" Like, like this is a non PPR. Like, and he just was just catching like 50 touchdowns every game. Like, just like the little fade pass. That was yeah, that was a strategy. I love the draft, dude. You guys do live drafts? What's your what's your strategy on? It? Like, are you guys like uh, big, uh, computer draft people? Like, obviously most of them take place on the computer, but I love a good live draft. It's it's uh, been a while since I've done a live
0: draft.
1: Yeah, where I I live now, most of my friends are all over the country.
0: You're older,
1: right? Yeah, like two of my buddies live down in Florida, so they get involved. The rest are up in Maine, and I lived in Boston for ten years, so we got some of those guys. Um, I don't know the last time I did a live draft, just because none of us are in the same state. We we love it most of the time. We'll get like a Zoom conference or something going so that we're we can talk shit face to face just like you would if you were in the same room. Right.
2: That's basically, um, that's basically what I mean though. Just being like somewhere where like, I just love the, when you put your pick up and I love, cause in a live draft you get the sticker board. So you walk up, you put your sticker up and then that walk back to your seat. It's always a good walk. It's like, is anyone, are there people saying good pick or people mocking it? Like it's, always, that yeah. walk back is a very vulnerable walk back.
1: I like it. Are you in any ESPN leagues?
2: Um, we have a show league that was so ridiculous I think last year because we just were like well let's make this a ridiculous league so I think we had an 18 team league (laughs) oh shit (laughs) I think we I think our original goal was to have a a 32 team league and like just see what that would look like but we like there's a limit I think on ESPN I think 20 is like the cap so I think we had an 18 team league and you're uh, really
0: like relying on the waiver wire plus everything. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was such a ridiculous league, but once again, it was just a different format. So I actually kind of enjoyed it and I actually dominated it because the, the, the show crew, they're not like huge fantasy savages. So they're not like, you know, it was basically just like me and Sarah Spain in the, uh, in the waiver wires every week. And everyone else was like, cause it wasn't a money league. So it wasn't a lot of high on priorities. But for me, if I'm in a league, I don't care if it's money or not. I'm checking that waiver wire. I I'm going through my checklist every week. Like, i don't care that's awesome plus it's hoot, free hoot. chicken yeah
0: right you 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 got to do it when you don't have a lot on the line so that when you have stuff on the line you, exactly. you're the you're the guy you, you're exactly. you're you're coming at someone's neck
2: exactly
0: who's the worst on the show
2: at fantasy yeah
1: uh i imagine Stu maybe
2: oh uh, no no, no stew got are you kidding me no no no, no. stew gots really? like a fantasy sat i mean i guess to your point with the the show league is low on his priority list, so there might be like a week or two where he's like, "I forgot to do my lineup but in general, Stu like is a fantasy guy like he's spending oh, he's, wow. got a, he's got a friend named Inferno that like okay. is his like is his ringer, and they like do fantasy leagues that are like three times my mortgage <laughs> uh,
1: I, I always thought it was not necessarily that he didn't have the the knowledge or the ability it was the actual either attention span or the care to keep up with something like that. It seems like a lot of maintenance for someone. Well, I,
2: I honestly think to... Infer- I think Inferno is like in charge of like all of that. <laughs> like, I honestly think Gatz is just like paying half the bill and gets the, gets the check, like the results and see how they're doing. Like when gotcha. they're having, like sometimes Gatz will do a draft because when we used to be in afternoons, there would be like times where Gatz is doing a draft in show and he's just like, I, I we're, we're on the clock, we're on the clock and, <laughs> excuse me inferno's picking and yeah so, so is... oh, oh, when he's
1: uh when he's on when he's on air and he can't pull himself away from any pga events You're right that's
2: so the there's, best <laughs> our show is great when there's live like lives we're we always have great shows when we have live sports like in show like we're, we're good at like reacting to stuff like live That's what we're telling our listeners, too. So
0: uh, (laughs) MLB, NBA, if you're listening, please don't mess this up, okay? It'll be the shortest 10 to uh, 15-episode podcast run ever.
1: (laughs) What is your professional take on live sports this season? You think they're going to happen, make a full season? I'm on the no side.
2: Yeah, I mean – it it seems it's just so reckless it seems very reckless it seems i mean it's it's there's no there's no secret to what's going on here it's money right like they're yeah that's it and it's just to me obviously who has no financial stake in this i mean obviously i do actually maybe because i work for a radio show so if sports gets canceled again so actually i take that back i have a huge stake in it i would like <laughs> sports to come back i don't know why i just said i have no stake in it but i I'm I'm nervous about it if that if that's what you're yeah. asking me like if I had to bet right now if you said put all your savings on whether the NBA finishes this season I, just, I wouldn't want to make that bet cuz I have some money in savings but uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God! I, I I'm already know, on
1: record. I'm already on record on the pod saying that I don't think any of the seasons are gonna play themselves out because it takes like if you look at the NBA season, you have a thirteen team league and a nine team league playing a division playing against each other. If a single player, so a lot of times Covid, I know they're taking temperatures regularly, yeah. but uh sometimes, like in my case, I didn't have one the morning I woke up. Mine didn't settle in until like middle of the afternoon. Okay, I'm getting ready for the game. You take my temperature. I have no fever. I have no symptoms. And then here we are two periods into the or two quarters into a game. And boom, I pop a fever of like a 101.5 because I've now stressed my body out right. and it's coming to light do quarantine everybody on that court for 14 days and the season's so short you just nixed two teams from the running because they just missed seven eight games nine games it's yeah but football
2: but then you've heard Adam Silver say that like they're gonna keep going like like in you know so it's just like I'm sure do you think that they've set up like a line like if the this percentage of the league has it we're we're thrown in the towel like do you think oh yeah You think that they're just flying by the seat of their pants on all this, and they're just seeing what it looks like, like what the perception is of it, or do you think that they've agreed upon if we hit this threshold, we throw in the towel? Because I don't think, if I had to bet, I bet that they're just like we'll play it by ear. We're gonna go with optics, see what the news like, see what the headlines are like. We're not gonna commit to anything on like throwing in the towel. I I feel like they're gonna try obviously anything to get this in.
1: I mean, for me, I think it's a combination of the two. Uh, I think, one, it's a PR move to try and just save face a little bit and say you tried to put a season together. Um, But I think behind all of this, finances are a bigger push. Like when you start looking at the MLB – who didn't want to go beyond 60 games because they know anything beyond 60 games with no fans in the stadium based off of TV revenue is probably operating at a loss. So I think they're just looking for a way out. And I think the NBA is probably in the same boat where what's the real revenue stream you're going to get here. Probably not much. You, you you've already got the TV rights built into your uh, agreements every single year that gets still up amongst the other teams. You probably get a little bit more of a payout depending on, um, season to season but there there has to be a line where it's no longer even profitable to try the amount of money that they're having to spend to keep this little compound you know I, I joked about it yesterday, saying we, we shouldn't call it a prison, but it's essentially what it is because you can't leave, people can't come in, you can't have contraband shipped in or shipped out, otherwise you end up in solitary confinement for eight days. So, well, I, th- I mean,
2: is
0: <laughs> it a prison or is it more like a set of like guidelines? You know, when you when you <laughs> yeah. walk across the line that you don't know exists to get some takeout. Because you think that you might be having some fire festival food, and when IG models are already hopping on Twitter saying, "I've already been invited to the bubble," That's I know where I it is. You know what, what I, I mean? Like, right, you are playing yeah. with fire. Yeah.
2: And, and the yeah. only thing you mentioned there that I would have maybe push back on is you said it was like a, a, P, a good PR move to like say that we tried to get the season in. Like, couldn't you make the argument it's almost a bad PR move to like, oh, you're willing to just overlook all these numbers and all the the like, pr- you're going forward with the season, no matter what, could be a bad PR move because it's like, so you're just saying money is the most important thing.
1: Like it, it depends on what side of the COVID argument you fall on. A lot of right. these guys, we know um, where their political allegiances lie. We know right. generally the parties they back when they donate. We know a lot of the conversations that they're involved with when it comes to, i nba is a little bit more uh progressive when it comes to a lot of those things but a lot of these leagues in general tend to be a little bit more uh conservative leaning and right now the
2: so so to karen it's a good pr move
1: exactly (laughs) it's just a bunch of karens trying to (laughs) trying to make a couple bucks without
0: giving any real concessions to anybody like no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, this is crazy thing. I agree with Tim that, that it is kind of a, a good uh, PR move. And, and here's what I'll say to that, Chris, right? You, you have the MLB, who is pretty much kneecapping the minor leagues, right? So what they're trying to do is they know that they're losing, in my opinion, a ton of ground as America's pastime. You might be able to hang that banner in your stadiums, but you're not gonna be able to, to hold that title much longer. Uh, do they still I mean, hold
2: that title? Not to interrupt. No,
0: I, I don't. I don't think that they do. Right. I, I think it's just it's a colloquialism. We all say, "Oh, baseball, like you know, apple pie and vanilla ice cream is America's pastime." I'm like, okay, sure, but they're bungling this this rollout. Yeah, you're saying to the good. minor leagues, your your future success is not as important to us. We're going to go ahead and we we can't even convince Kyler Murray to go ahead and walk away, we'll give him 9 million, 9 million, which is yeah. a huge sum of money to anyone. And he's like, no, thanks. You can have it back. <laughs> like most other prospects aren't going to do that. You know what I mean? So like the MLB is taking a lot of L's, a stack of L's right now. And they desperately need this season to go off it. At I think any sort of semblance that so they can sort of say, look, like we're still here. Yeah. Yeah, that's
2: true. And I
1: feel like they're really missing the mark, too. Like, at any point, if there was ever an opportunity to sort of put baseball back in the limelight, it should have been now where nobody has anything to do but sit and watch TV. Like, they they missed it. They should have done it in the spring. You should have found places to play like New York who are already beyond their big wave, their – now sort of on the other side of the hill when it comes to infection rates instead of moving it down to a state that's literally on like you know they curve they flatten the curve but in the wrong direction it's literally a straight line upwards Um, if you had taken just got your stuff together got a season started even if you didn't make it through a full season you probably could have had a month or two where most people who are sitting home and starved for sporting events would have sat and taken in more baseball than they probably would have taken in the last few years. And not only did you screw that up, but not only did you screw it up now, but you screwed up maybe the future of a lot of your farm teams and your minor league teams, because you just took an entire year of revenue off. And a lot of those players aren't going to be able to afford to take that time off without a job. A lot of the stadiums aren't going to make it without any money because there's no relief for it. And then going into next season, they're already talking about consultations consolidating removing a lot of the franchise tags from a lot of these smaller fields you're, you're not doing yourselves any favors i don't think
2: well like once again what what side of the aisle are we talking about this from because who's who actually cares about whether baseball makes this resurgence and comeback? it's the owners right oh, I sorry. I know you No, sorry. no, as, as, i was <laughs> raising my hand
0: <laughs> no,
2: i'm a big baseball fan like i'm with you like yeah. i'm gonna watch baseball regardless though so like i I don't, but my point is yeah. that these, I, I understand the players being like, if I'm going to p- travel and play during this pandemic, I better be getting the the like at least the prorated like like number of what I'm getting. You know what I mean? So like, I understood why yeah. the players were resistant to like to not being like Kumaya. Let's let's do this for America. Like, I understand yeah. the players being like, you give me yep. what I want. If I'm gonna do this, if we're gonna be yeah. if you if you're gonna have me risk my life to go save your sport pay me what i want because the owners were like this is our moment come on nobody else is playing sports right now guys come back let's play and then the players were like all right pay us this much and they're like oh no we're not gonna pay you that much yeah so it was like i'm I'm kind of on the side of the players with that wall wall at the same time agreeing with you i love baseball like i want it to be back as america's pastime but i get that side of it for the players
1: Right. And I mean, the players wanted more games. They wanted their prorated money, but they also wanted more games. I think it comes down to the owners not deciding to just the hell with it let's strike while the iron's hot and we'll operate at a loss for this season. That's, that's for me, that's the big hurdle. It's that they were not willing to sort of take it on the chin and say, okay, let's just operate in the red for this season to hopefully invest a little bit in our future. Maybe bring back some more fans. We're the only sport going right now. Let's win over some more people. We'll make up some of this lost revenue by, I don't know, offering, four percent less on all of our salaries for the next two years to whoever our top players are or let's figure out a way to tie this into ticket costs there's always a way for them to make up that money which is why i'm sure someone sat down did the math said, okay if we're playing all these players plus operating costs, 60 games is the cap after that we're now operating in the red and that's where they drew their hard line they should have if they were going to do it made a conscious effort to say, you know what, let's chalk this up as a financial loss, but let's invest either in the future. Chances are they weren't going to finish a full season anyway. But if players are willing to play, because that's the big what if side of it, if they were willing to pay and they were willing to come out, why not make the best of it and say the hell with it? Let's just get this thing going and see how it ends up and play it as safely as possible. Because of all sports – Baseball, I think, is probably the safest. Unless you're rounding first, second, or third, or at bat, most of the time you're completely separated from another team. So as long as you're controlling your own guys and keeping your own shit together, it's the the, the crossover isn't as much as like football, where the sham idea of let's no, not let's not swap jerseys is such a crock because they just spent three hours smashing into each other and hugging each other that at the end swapping jerseys is the big deal or sharing a water bottle on the sidelines. Dude, the moment you flip the coin and everybody lines up together, it's game over. All of your precautions are gone. The,
2: the most, the, the biggest concern in baseball for me is the umpires. Like I know the, the average age has come down a lot, but I, I there's a lot of older, <laughs> a lot of overweight, yeah. Like, yes. I, I'm seeing a lot of breathing issues with these MLB umpires. I mean, some of them are in good shape, but there's a lot of uh, potato-looking yeah. guys out there. So, some of that.
0: And on top of that, there was one that already came out and said, I, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna butcher this impression, but because you said improv, I want to do it. Sure. Uh, get my little get my Chris Cody on. Well, you know, I mean, I don't really believe... The COVID is real. I've been mean, out
2: here, you know, throwing these balls around for years, and we've never got anything like this. So I don't think it's that serious. <laughs> it sounds like Joe West. Is that Joe West?
1: <laughs> it could it be. Should be Joe
0: West. I saw
2: you do a little <laughs> hand gesture. I know this is a podcast, but I saw a little like you were doing, yeah, like, I thought yeah. it was like a fat chin thing. It was, yeah. It totally was. It totally was, yeah. Yeah, I have a beard only, to cover was, mine up. That was, but was he good doesn't. for Tim <laughs> and I. Like, we saw that. Like, this is just going to be an audio medium. But are do you guys put a video out on this stuff? As for.
1: That's awesome. Tim, Quick ones, Yeah. Two quick ones. How old are your kids?
2: I have a daughter, two and a half.
1: Does she recognize you on television yet?
2: Um, she has no. She, she recognized there was a time when I, when was I at home? Why was I at home? You know, it was once because my wife, there was a day, there's been one day in, since she's born where I was at home with her while the show was on. I missed it. Trying to think back, I think my wife couldn't miss work, so I had to miss work to stay home and watch my kid. My kid was sick. Yeah. Maybe, I, maybe I just called in sick that day. I'm not sure. For some reason, yeah. I was at home and watching the show. And my my dad they they did those flashbacks because it wasn't. Mm. A movie, but they did a flashback, and she's like, pop, pop, pop. So That's cool. honestly, I've never seen her see me because I don't generally watch the show back. So yeah. I think my wife has said that, like, back when, during maternity leave and stuff, like, she would, like, point and stuff, but she's That's not cool. really there yet where she's, like, really yeah. wrecking.
1: I will, so, I've only been on TV, like, twice, and once was on purpose, and another time I was just in the background during, like, I was waiting to help Adam Schefter. I think it was in the fantasy Schefter. marathon, the, wasn't it? And the camera, well, the fantasy marathon was my television debut. Uh, which I was actually on television wearing the Fantasy Marathon shirt. <laughs> you, what and were little you doing?
2: S- what, what were you doing on there? So, this.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> That's exactly what he did. This. No,
2: no. Yeah. <laughs> Let I'm 100%. sorry. I, I
0: don't want to steal your thunder. But he, he sends even the most cryptic message. Right? And we talk about this in the pod. We've been talking sports for like a few years, right? We had just never got around to getting a podcast. And I'll never forget it. Bing! I get this message notification. It's Tim. He's like, yo, you watching the, the fantasy marathon? I'm like, oh, bro, totally. He's like, all right, cool. Uh, between uh, one and two, you know, make sure that you like we, you're watching. And uh, when it goes into the into the game room or whatever, like you might see someone you recognize. I'm like, why are you being a cryptic? What is this? So I, I go and I go and set it up on my DVR, right? And then I watch it that night. And like, it's like halfway through and it's like, panning through. And Tim's just like, he does his thing. And I just text him like, yo, you work for ESPN? He's like, <laughs> Yeah, I thought I told you I was like, no. <laughs> He's like, who do you think I was talking about? I was going to be on the fantasy marathon. I was like, I don't know. Maybe you knew someone, like you
1: know. Yeah, <laughs> the, the best part about that is I have no idea how television cameras work, right? So they're setting up the shot. I'm in the middle of working, and I look up, and there's like a team of thirty people walking by, and they're like, oh. I'm like. I'm sorry, can I help you guys? And they're like, oh, <laughs> we're just wondering where we're going to put the lights up here. I'm like, oh, like, are you going to shoot here? Like, what's – I should probably know this because I need to shut this yeah. thing down. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to shoot here. I'm like, cool, cool, whatever you guys need. So then they set it all up, and I'm watching them go through the run-through. And they're like, hey, do you guys want to be on it? You can, we'll Just hang out where you are. do we'll, if, if you don't mind, we'll throw some shirts on. I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I'm standing there. It's like, okay, stand right there, and they're doing the walkthroughs, And the camera guy comes back from, like, you – you've been in the cafeteria i yeah. saw your yeah. i saw your uh your walkthrough <laughs> love the bit love it cinnamon checks totally criminally underrated um so this guy you know he's panning back and then he walks right up literally and is leaning on the desk and he's looking at a guy who's giving a breakdown of the app because it was when we were launching the the app so they're like okay just do your part pretend you're helping someone that's it i to come up and talk to him i'm like okay like, no big deal. So someone actually had a legitimate question. So I'm sitting there talking to them. I'm helping. And the camera comes up. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm out of the shot. So I stop acting. And I'm just (laughs) watching. And I keep doing that awkward thing where I keep looking at the camera to wait for it to, like, move back so I can go back to playing my part without realizing they use this <laughs> ultra wide lens so the whole time i'm just on the edge of the camera like awkwardly like glancing at this camera looking at this guy talk until he walks away and i go back i'm like yeah yeah this is great it
2: was my
1: one and only official television debut and it went as awkward as I- <laughs> farting might have been the only thing that would have been worse you're like, probably thinking
2: you're probably thinking too like i'm wearing this fucking shirt and they're not even showing me
1: and then uh my son was my son was about three and a half and recognized me and then uh he picked me up my wife recorded it because she saw it but i was in the background of the nfl live and you just see me like casually waiting for chef there just watching everything on tv (laughs) but when your kids will start recognizing it for you it'll be over and done with in about a week because you're on every single day for my yeah. kid. It was a cool experience. Well,
0: but, but that, that kind of leads us to a good question, right? But what were you we going to say, Chris?
2: I was just going to say you're on ESPN though. I'm on ESPN news every day. So like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you've been seen by more eyes than I have in my entire, like five years of ESPN.
0: <laughs> Not yet. This, right, this is a symbiotic true. relationship. We, we haven't figured out who's the remora fish and, and the whale shark, but this is a symbiotic <laughs> relationship. It's going to work out well. Uh, yeah. But that, that, that brings us to a question, right? Chris, you're you're on TV, and and don't try and like you know double fake me out like I did with the X Games bit here, which hopefully gets edited out, but it probably won't because Tim's slick like that. Um, <clears throat> if you could be on any other TV show, reality, game show, drama, doesn't matter. What 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 one of those shows would you want to cameo on?
2: Oh wow. Well there's so many different avenues to like go down with this. Your passion. You got to go passion. Gut gut reaction. See like I really I like one of the I watched some bad TV. Like there's uh, yeah, some, so like, there are some like there's some like are some like terrible shows that like that that pop, like like the first thing that popped into my mind and like I would never fit in on this show. So like but for some reason it's the first thing that popped into my mind and this you guys are going to be like what the fuck? Jersey Jersey Shore is the first thing that popped into my mind.
0: No, I I, I can see it. Tim and I Tim and I would do it. We, we would,
2: but that I don't think that would be my answer. That's just the first thing that popped into my mind. Um, I I was, and for some reason this show is random because I watch a lot of TV, so I don't know why this one just popped into my mind. But you just like, in terms of like, see, am I am I just making a cameo in the show or am I like living out this show? One. What, like what show Either would I one. like? Because, like, the, the obvious answer, if, if I get to, like, make my life this show, it's Entourage, right? I feel like that's oh, the show. I, I, like that's I almost put show. that in the back-to-back back
0: pods with the guests and Entourage Easter eggs. This, this I, I want
2: to be, like, Turtle. Like, I'm cool just being Turtle. I'll drive you around. Like, you can be the celebrity. Like, I'm cool being the Turtle. But, like, I just yeah. – like That show – always blew my mind for just like that made me want to like be that kind of famous
1: I had that in mind when I asked
0: that question because I thought you would be like a a shoe in for that That that's funny funny.
2: but yeah so that's probably it I'm gonna go with that
0: I've been retweeting Schefter and someone from Fox and someone from so no one can say we're partisan you know what I mean I've been been getting uh, Tad Prescott at 86 Prescott you see he blew up today because he said I knew when my brother got drafted the Cowboys never really loved him and I was like, yo, this is what happens when you mix business with the family business. You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, I don't was know I I had, had that in my, in.
2: I had that in my notes to do to talk about in tomorrow's local hour. I was just researching that before we hopped on here. Like that's crazy. See, what do you got like he doesn't tweet that without his brother knowing, right? Oh, like I'm just he tagged him in the tweet. I'm just putting myself in that situation. If I'm Dak Prescott, I know for a fact my brother's not tweeting that without my like blessing. So like that I just don't understand. This like, I mean, obviously, Dak's pissed, but uh, not, this is not good.
0: If Dallas does not pay him, he's going right to either Jacksonville or Carolina or yeah. let's see. I mean, th- there's there's a couple other teams. If the Broncos like, if if they don't kind of get right this year, like you got to keep that carousel moving until you land on the one that gets there.
2: Who do you guys think is the best quarterback in the AFC East? <laughs>
0: Yeah, Tim, Tim wanted to word vomit and say Brady, but nope. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I have the right answer if you guys want it.
0: Oh, snap. Go ahead. It's two. Tua. I- <laughs> Tua? Really? you damn right. Let's sit to this guy. Miami go, 305. Born in Miami.
2: Let's so, go.
1: Fun fact about Miami. We uh, My little bit of a hot take. Earlier in the podcast, we talked about the Madden top 10. And... 10 on that list was Carson Wentz and pro football reference comparing all the starting quarterbacks from last year, I thought I would remove Wentz from that list because he hasn't really stayed healthy and of all people to take his spot, Tannehill he went to Tennessee and led the league in like four different categories including QBR or passer rating uh yards per attempt like there are stats that show that like maybe he just wasn't a good fit in miami and being in a different being in a different environment with maybe some different guys around him he's proving himself to be a little bit better so that was a little surprising unrelated to your question what surprising
2: that's one of like that's you've teed me up for something that i've actually gotten right you know it's one of the few things in like the local hour talking miami sports that I've kind of hit the nail right on the head because the last couple of years, I was saying that Dolphin fans need to like Tannehill's not the problem. We need to get better in other areas when he has had healthy weapons. He's put up some decent games, yep. so he's not the issue. He's going to go somewhere else, be a starter. And you're going to say, ah, I mean, we have two and now, so I'm not saying we want him back, but he, he's, he's kind of proven me right that he's gone somewhere else and been, uh, at least a starter. Like he, there's no doubt Ryan Tannehill a starter in this league. Like, and they're, right. dude, Dolphin fans were so like, like rotten on him. Like, he's a bust. Like, Dolphin fans are so stupid. And like, they thought, I'm like, dude, you have a starter. Like, this guy's not the problem.
0: Well, yeah. It happens when you, when you have a quarterback who has any measure of success anywhere outside of your team, right? But I, I, I will, I will side with you that I think whether, whether or not I think Josh Allen, might best him this year I, I think if Tua plays that says a lot about him I mean the guy had a broken hip right and if he goes in there and he starts slinging it around like Miami's gonna love that right I mean Miami's a wild city anyways but you you get an actual good football team and like every weekend is just gonna be insane in that city you're gonna be partying from Friday and you're wake up like Monday morning you're gonna be like what happened the Dolphins win all right cool let's keep going
2: <laughs> I mean I mean we can't predict injuries so, I mean, I don't think I'm don't think i going out on a limb. If you're talking about the next, like, five or six years, I think a lot of people would say Tua is, like, the first quarterback you're taking in the AFC East. But I think I'm going out on a limb saying right now he's the best quarterback in the AFC East. But I'm a Dolphins fan, and I'm excited, so bite me.
0: But, but you also have... <laughs> oh.
2: You, Not you two specifically, just in general. Tua
0: uh, brings something very similar to what I think the new wave of quarterbacks is coming in. They're they're smaller, they're more mobile, they're shiftier. They can just kind of throw you know off their back foot on a dime. Dare I say they're very Russell Wilson esque, uh, you know? But you you have Kyler Murray. He's doing a, a lot of great things. He's super shifty. He's hard to break down. And if Tua keeps any of the shiftiness and the speed that he had from his Alabama days. That's going to create a lot of problems for any defense and just outside the division. And if you got to see him, you know, twice a year if you're one of those AFC East teams, it doesn't mean you're going to figure him out by the second game. So the, the, the Dolphins sneaky candidate, they could go 10 and 6.
2: And you didn't even mention there his best trait. That dude is accurate as sh- like if he's healthy and gets like uh, obviously all everything you said is true, but like if he's got the time, like that dude can drop pins and like that like that's I'm so excited to see him. And I've always been anti-lefty quarterback. Like, this is something, like, it's a rule I've lived by my whole life. Like, it just looks weird. I don't want you to be lefty. Like, quarterback, (laughs) I'm sorry. You're just – that's awkward. Kellen Moore, awkward. Mark Brunel, awkward. Like, you name it. Weird. But Tua, he breaks the mold for me. Like, I'm in on it. Like, I'm good. Yeah, and
1: I mean, it's not like he has a lot of competition in that division either. But Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, if they actually get their shit together. Fitzpatrick.
0: Did did (laughs) you guys just – did you forget about Cameron Jarrell Newton? We don't Have know
1: you, if he's the starter yet. My oh, point he's is, he's, it's a different he's conversation.
2: Come on. See, my point is, is if you're going to put Cam Newton, if you're going to come at me with the argument that Cam Newton's the number one quarterback in the in the AFC East, then I can say Tua is because you're assuming that he's going to be healthy. It's like, true. Like, yeah. Like, so that's like, you can't, have, I mean, I've seen all Cam of his, there, you got to have two up there.
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I, well, oh yeah. For sure. I, I don't think that Josh Allen, I mean, he's great at what he does, which is throw 98,000 yard cannons. But I mean, is it
2: accurate? No. Honestly, and, and... Sam Darnold might be like better than Josh Allen too. I don't know.
1: So, so I actually saw this last night when I was looking up stats for Tannehill Stats uh, Sports, Sports Illustrated actually has Sam Darnold as the best quarterback in the AFC East going into the season, followed by Josh Allen, and then Tua, and then Stidham, then Fitzpatrick, and I, I can't remember who the who the last one on that list was.
0: But. I just think there's, there's too much that Brian Flores brought into that team last year when everyone thought they were tanking, and he just... He literally kept that ship afloat, and they were winning games. They were getting into shootouts. The players were super happy. There was something about the attitude that the Miami Dolphins had last year that they didn't have like in the years prior, and it wasn't, it wasn't Tannehill. It wasn't the um, Miko Grimes and all of that other off-the-field stuff that was like going on, right? Like, Dolphins fans were excited like, to see where the team was going, and when you have a guy that comes in, he says, look, I'm, I'm not going to be Bill Belichick but I'm going to go ahead and take a lot of those things I've learned. And by the way, we're going to run this team in a different manner and they win some games and you're like, Oh, oh all right. And then they, everyone says they're going to tank for Tua and they don't tank for Tua and they get Tua, and you're like, wait a minute. Let me put my tinfoil hat on for a second. Cause this is sounding like it's preordained and I'm not, I don't believe in fate, but how's this up, is getting up? crazy the pats fan the dolphins
1: can go right to hell because no matter how good the pats are every single year we always play to whatever the level of miami is so like 16 and 0 season every time we played that we have i think we had one blowout game but the first game we played them that season like every single year i'm like oh win 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 oh it's the dolphins they're in december record they haven't won a game yet Okay, that one, that one, might,
0: uh, who knows? That one's an iffy. I love all he had to. All Gronk had to do was just tackle that guy on the kickoff. <laughs> I know. All Gronk had to do how was tackle he looked, that guy.
2: He looked seventy-two years old in that clip. Gronk did. I love, <laughs> I love how the perceptions are so different. Like you are like, oh, we, we're the Patriots. We always played down to the Dolphins. But the Dolphins fan, we got your number, bro. We got your number. Yeah, Boom. It's, true. <laughs> it's true. It's
1: it's true. I'll be, I'll be curious to see how it all kind of plays out. So I'm ready. And I've said it a couple of times and I know it makes you sound like a spoiled new England sports fan, but newsflash incoming. Saying- Here it comes. I was here before all of the winning started, before the first World Series, before Brady took over my first jersey. My first jersey was a Drew Bledsoe jersey. I'm ready for some bad seasons cuz I want to get back to rooting for like a regular season. You just get so used to playoff sports that it's playoff robust. You, you don't pay as much attention during the regular season if it uh, just doesn't matter unfortunately until you know
0: Game. That's, 12, this sa- 13. This sounded, this
2: sounded just like you thought it was going to sound. By the way, you, you kind of prefaced it. No,
0: like, I know. You, you Levar balled that into existence. That was insane. I <laughs> am. I am not like I'm conceited, but uh, I'm tired of winning not, these playoff games. I'm ready to I'm like ready to lose my <laughs> first offload, round. Against the running let's back.
1: offload the bandwagon a little bit. Let's sort of call the herd just a little bit. Get back to like, like decent football. Like midseason, I want like six hundred I want five hundred seasons so that I have invested emotion in every single game because it's been like twenty years of Patriots football. And in those twenty years, it's been we've made so it so
2: successful. Like, God, can I just get a bad season? God, like Wait, four once in a of them. While, like, give me you just did four. get a bad season. It was last to...
0: year when Brady got thumped on Sunday night football against the Ravens. <laughs> I mean, yeah, still when, made it to playoffs. When, <laughs> oh, okay. What did you do when you got there? I was in Miami. Like, Chelsea and I were in Miami this year in January, yeah. and we watched the game, and y'all, y'all mm-hmm. lost. He, he threw a pick six to end the game. and am no, fine no with shit. She looked at me, I'm and she fine. was like, I'm ready. You, you say that. This, this, is like, this is like when Superman and Batman are fighting, and Batman realizes, yo, I need some like, bigger weapons, so he decides to take the kryptonite out. That's what you're saying right now. You're saying, you know what? Yeah, we, we've been on top for so long. Like It's, it's time to let other teams kind of win. Like, no. No, no, no. Yeah, no, 100%. No. I want to uh, be able to that, sit down and watch a like random. Eight and eight and just, just I hope you guys go like 8-8 and just crumble. I'm games here for into it. Into what we trust.
1: Yes, I'm. Re- oh, I'm man. ready. I want to be able to sit down and watch a random Thursday night or Sunday night game and be more invested
0: than like a pat. Like I still watch every single game. Do you understand the, but the it's ludicrousness not the same. of you saying that? I want to watch mm-hmm. one random game. I I watch every single Seahawks game. If it's Thursday, if it's Sunday, if it's Saturday, if it's know, Monday night. I know and, because and you I have, have the deals hope in place the d- to watch the whole thing. I got the NFL Sunday ticket and Russ We Trust, and I'm like losing my freaking mind every game. And you're like, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to catch a random game. I I want to take a week off from the NFL. No, that's
1: not the way it goes, Tim. (laughs) Well, I want that. I need that in my life because now I'll watch him be like, oh, the Pats are marching downfield. All right, well, I'm going to go grab a drink real quick. Let me know what happens. I'll be right back. I want to – I missed the like – like when Brady took over and the tide turned and everything was happening, those first like five years were so exciting. Every game you're like, oh, shit, what's going to happen? And now you're like – Okay, here's what's going to happen?
0: are they going to blow knew, a team out or we're going to come back to what was going to happen because they had the yeah. film.
2: Tim, yeah. do you think this is like coming off? Like how do you think this is coming off right now?
0: <laughs> oh, you I know how, how it's coming off. What's
2: the goal here? Like what are you going for with this? Like, improv. Like, we're doing improv right now. Your character is the bleep hole. <laughs> i my team is so successful. Oh, it's like, it's a like a Saturday
1: Night Live skit. I know I'm here uh, for it. I
0: understand it. I accept you it. You believe
2: it, but you actually believe it. So, like, what's, I'm proud of you.
0: What's going to happen when you guys lose like the first six games? What's really oh, going to happen? I can't you're, wait you're, for social you're just media. Gonna, you're going to be I'm happy than a pig and shit happening. over there. You're going to be like, oh, this is great. Yeah, I knew we were going to lose games. I was ready. We've been winning. I'm going to turn long. and
1: look at every single fan in my news feed who has been posting like Patriot shit nonstop for years and be like, okay, where are you now? Like, is it still going? to you? Is doing the same you thing you do? Saying Bats? you're going to take a, a random night off and catch a random no. Thursday night game? No, they're fire, still gonna... very much like we don't need time, Brady.
0: We're fine. Like, oh, I you guys are when clinging to that vote. The you're Titanic is already sink.
2: You're going to fire Belichick. You are. Yeah, six you games guys are going to be 0-6. You're going to be like, get him out of here.
0: And, and no. this happens every year with, with big sports teams that have established quarterbacks and then like for example in Seattle, everyone's like, Oh fire P. Carroll. Like, no, are you kidding me? Pete Carroll and Russell, they're they're a package deal. They're great together. You can't you can't get rid of either of them until they decide they can't work together anymore. And it's not Hoyer, happening. So Garoppolo stop saying that. Nah, Hoyer, Garoppolo, the ball boy, throw him in, we'll find a little bit of success. Cameron Jurel Newton watches OBJ video, watches oh, yeah, IG workout I videos. Mean- uh, go ahead and copy his Instagram statuses in a Microsoft Word and translate it because if you can't read the hieroglyphics, you know what I mean. You, you got to figure out what he's saying. I, th- I know he's going to have plenty.
1: He's going to have plenty of time to tweet when he gets injured in like week four, and he has oh to sit out the rest. I of the can't season. believe you're
0: saying that. That dude is going to run roughshod over every team in the FCE except so. for the Dolphins.
1: It's it's a different look. It's a whole Tim, different look and there? feel.
2: <laughs> Tim, you're good at this, man. You're making me a moat right now. So like, this is good. <laughs> this Just, is digging. good
1: Just digging. Just <laughs> digging. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for it. Let's do this. Let's lose them all.
0: <laughs> okay. So this, again, as we advertise in the beginning part of the episode, this is our twofer of this week. What's in my cup. We have Chris Cody here uh, and he's going to tell us what's in his cup. Chris, what do you got?
2: All right. Well, I was sent because I'm a big celebrity. I was sent uh Miami lager from a, uh, it's a local down here in Miami, Biscayne Bay Brewery. It's, oh yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, they're they're pretty big time, and they did the official craft beer, the Miami Marlins, just a German style lager, nothing too fancy. And I I know this guy's got a stout something. I'm not a big uh, I take what I like. If if someone sends me free beer, I'll drink it. So that's what I'm rocking today.
0: Well, plus in like 98,000 <laughs> degree weather down there in Florida, you know, lagers and pills just hit different, right? Exactly. They're they're, they're yeah. just super good. Tim, what do
2: you got this week? Yeah, what do you guys got?
1: Earlier recording of this, in the first step, I did a sour because I don't want everyone to think I'm a I'm a haze bro. So I'm kind of keeping that alive a little bit. I have <laughs> I have oh, a, a the beer noise called
2: too. the noise. Nice.
1: Yeah, I have a beer called uh, Van Art from a brewery called Counterweight. It's another local brewery here in Connecticut. It's a sour goza, and I'm not a huge fan of either one of those. But for the sake of venturing out and trying local stuff you, i'm here you, for it you
0: mean it's a it's a salt sour that's what it goes it is.
1: yeah yeah
0: boom yeah, yeah i flubbed earlier and now you flubbed
2: what's the uh a, what what's the beer scene like in bristol or connecticut so
1: connecticut itself is um pretty big like new england in general is sort of the hub of where a lot of the best beers are currently coming from or being modeled after um surprisingly enough like everyone knows the new england ipa comes from like the treehouse the trillion the bissell brothers Uh, we have a couple of those fox farm we have counterweight we have uh, a bunch of them here locally in your neck of the woods. Uh, I think they're down towards maybe Tampa or maybe Mm -hmm. like the Southern part of Florida. Tampa's got a lot of breweries. Yeah. You have to find angry chair. I don't know if you're a stout guy or not, but they make some of the best beers I've ever had. And it's weird being stout aficionados in one of the hottest States in the country. But some of those beers are without a doubt some of the best ones I've ever had. But Connecticut's beer scene is phenomenal.
2: I'm not a big stout aficionado. I do like a stout though. Like, you know, I'm I'm all for a good stout. like you said. Though a lot of times the weather does uh, yeah. wants to lead, wants to lead you in other directions.
0: I'm sure once yes. it gets to be
2: like 60 degrees there, though you're like,
0: oh, we get the sweatshirt and get that stout out. Yeah. yeah. How how do so you, you guys it. talk about Jay Wakefield, Tim? Oh, Jay
2: Wakefield. You know uh, Jay I, Wakefield? I love, Jay Wakefield.
0: I think, think Andrew is better than Jay Wakefield. Oh my god, we are editing that part of the podcast. And so hey, but we that's can, it. We can that's verify cool. that independent claim.
2: That's cool yeah. that you guys know of Jay Wakefield. I didn't know that they were this crazy like. Oh yeah. Country, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cigar yeah, City is another
1: one. So yeah, yeah, Cigar City's pretty
2: uh, good. C- see, Cigar City, not. I hope Jay Wakefield because we've actually done events with them, so like I know like those owners. So I hope they don't hear this and think that I'm bad mouthing them. But Cigar yeah. City is something that I know in Florida is like very widespread and popular. Yeah. But I did not know that Jay Wakefield had that reach as well. So that's that's cool. Yeah. There's oh, a, I, uh, c- I love why one.
1: Yeah. cycle brewing is another one i would put up there in like the top five stout producers in the entire country they are amazing and those you live in florida you can actually get them shipped to you like they'll uh ship i think interstate you can order them and they'll send you a box that are uh the bigger bottles uh and they're amazing they're they're perfect to like throw in a cellar and let chill out for like a year or two they're they're phenomenal this one's this one's weird it's Sea Salt, Coriander, Raspberry, Blackberry, and Blueberry. So oh, yeah. They, it goes, uh, Chris, if you're not familiar, tends to have like salt in it. It's, it's kind of a weird beer. They tend to be a little bit on the like savory side, which definitely isn't my taste. <laughs> and sour beers are either tart or sour. So this is kind of a blend between the two. Surprisingly enough, it, it works a little bit. It's been sitting on my desk because we recorded longer than I was expecting. So it's a little bit warmer than I would have liked. Cold. Not bad. Not bad. True Germans who drink
0: goza beers are like just turn their nose up to you right now. You know what I mean? Like, oh it's a bit warmer than I wanted. It's named after the the salt water content in the town. Like, you know what I mean? they probably drank tap water that was that warm anyways. They probably loved it. Yeah. I could I could do one of these in a sitting. I don't know if I could do like a four pack. Ah, well, again, shout out to Jay Wakefield because their sours and their IPAs are crazy good. You got to go there. It's, it's actually, got this whole Star Wars theme. It's unbelievable.
2: We did a theme. Uh, we did a promotion with them where they made beers for each member of the shipping container. Mine was a sour. And then we did a thing where the for like two months, you could go and try a flight of our beers. And there was a little card and you would vote on your favorite one. and. We did two of those and Billy won the first one, but my sour, the second time we did it. No,
0: couldn't. one. That's awesome. Nice. Way to go. Yeah. Shout out to That's Joey. Awesome.
2: And, and they like, it was really cool. They came and we had meetings with them and they like talked to us. They're like, what flavors do you want? Like they, It was like, we were like hands-on on, the, awesome. on the, the production of it. And I was just like, look, you guys know what you're doing. You make me a winner. I don't care what flavor it is. <laughs> I don't care anything. You you tell me what it's what's in it and I'll pitch it like I love it. So you and then that's awesome. what they, so yeah, my beer one.
0: And it's like they bring it to you and they say, Chris, this beer is going to have bananas." And you're like, "Yep." And they're like peppers. You're like, "Hold on, what?" All right, cool. I, <laughs> whatever. I,
2: I forget what the it was like. I think it was like a ginger salad. There was like some ginger in it, I believe. And maybe that was my first beer, whatever. I forget honestly what was <laughs> in it. It was really good. <laughs> no, it, it's
0: super good. It's it's, it's a great place. It. So I am drinking uh, uh, Lost IPA from Burley Oak out of uh, Berlin, Maryland. Burley Oak is known in this area in the DMV for their sours and their IPAs. Uh, Just super good. If you ever had a chance to get any of their uh, Dream, J-R-R-E-M, for Juice Rules Everything Around Me, uh, that's their sour line that is just unbelievable. It's so good. So I, I can't usually get any Burley Oak unless I drive into Maryland specifically or go into the district. And I just happened to be at a liquor store uh, in Rehoboth Beach this weekend. And I'm, like, just, looking at the, like, the, the, the beer cooler, and I'm just kind of like, it looks like Burley Oak. That's actually Burley Oak. It's on. Okay. Don't freak out. Don't <laughs> let anyone else know you're going to, like, scout this. Like, act like you're going for the corona in times of corona. And then I was like, psych. <laughs> and I grabbed the four-pack. I was like, awesome. oh, yeah, here we go. So, cheers. Chris, thanks very much for cheers, coming to the podcast. We, we like having you here. Yeah,
2: Cheers, man. I love how you're just like, I just happened to be at a liquor store.
1: Well, (laughs) I found myself there. (laughs) Look, getting directions.
0: So, um, a couple of you have have reached out and said, you know, uh, it will be cool to hear either Tim or myself kind of have a hot take on a subject for the week. Um, And, you know, Tim and I came up with a name. We're going to call it Stoppage Time. Now, in uh, European football, Stoppage Time is minutes that are played after the end of the game uh, was supposed to be, um, you know, due for injuries, VARs, whatever you have. And, uh, you know, from week to week, we're going to take one of these topics that is sort of hot button, if you will, and sort of kind of, you know, take one-sided approach. Uh, Tim and I, we obviously love talking sports. Sometimes there's things that either one of us is, like, really passionate about, And they just kind of want to get it out their chest. And that's what stoppage time is going to be about. So um, this week's stoppage time has to do with the WNBA. And uh, let me tell you, I have been uh, an ardent supporter of the WNBA. Um, Chelsea and I have – we've seen some of the uh, games, like the championship uh, I believe last year was between the Washington Mystics and the Seattle Storm. And the the Washington games are actually played here in Virginia – on one of the college campuses so we went and saw it um chelsea's really happy to you know get a get a a good look at gino ariema and uh Brianna stewart sue bird was there dela don was there it was it was just a, a great experience and even though the stadium might not have been as packed as an nba game is the, the stadium was full and there was full of just fans that had a ton of gusto and they were just there supporting and the wnba puts out a really good product and the, the WNBA is coming underneath a lot of fire lately. Now, while the NBA won't allow names of police brutality victims on the back of their jerseys, the WNBA will. And that has to do with the fact that, that the WNBA and its union has also agreed to honor women such as Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, and Vanessa Gillen who have died in connection with police action or alleged racial violence. Now, the Atlanta Dream co-owner, Senator Kelly Loeffler wrote in a statement to the WNBA that she adamantly opposes the Black Lives Matter political movement, which has advocated for the defunding of police, called for the removal of Jesus from churches and the disruption of the nuclear family structure, harbored anti-Semitic views and promoted violence and destruction across the country. I believe it is totally misaligned with the values and goals of the WNBA and the Atlanta Dream, where we support tolerance and inclusion." Now she goes on to say in her letter that she is incredibly disappointed to read about the efforts to insert a political platform in the league, adding that the truth is we need less, not more politics in sports. In a time where polarizing politics is as divisive as ever, sports has the power to be a unifying antidote. And now more than ever, we should be united in our goal to remove politics from sports. Uh, just, gotta, just I got to say something right off the top. If you're talking about moving politics from sports, you shouldn't be in politics, own a sports team, and talk about those things. You cannot do both. Uh, you might have the ability to own a team and say whatever it is that you feel. Yes, it's your First Amendment right. Um, Loeffler and her setter said it, in her letter said that she thought about adding the American flag to journeys to jerseys and license apparel because it would be a common sense solution. Uh, and to that, I say this is like the 2020 version of Laura Ingram's "Shut Up and Dribble" commentary. Uh, you can't just slap the American flag on everything and just hope that it fixes whatever divisive you know, social or racial problem that exists in America. That's just not the case. The reason why our country is so great is because we do have civil discourse and we do have the freedom to say the things that we want. However, we also have to understand that freedom of speech is not freedom of consequence. It just doesn't work that way. And the WNBA issued a statement Last Tuesday, saying that it's based on the principle, the WNBA, of equal and fair treatment of all people. And we, along with the teams and players, will continue to use our platforms to vigorously advocate for social justice. I don't even think I need to give any more thought on this because she said something. The WNBA replied back, but it gets worse because Loeffler went on Ingram's show in which she once again reiterated the Black Lives Matter movement that is politically divisive and it's Marxist principles. And says she won't be silenced amid amid calls for her to step down from her role in the team. And she just keeps talking. She goes on to say further that the truth is, again, we need less, not more, politics in sports. And she tripled down in a stance that she provided an op-ed to the Daily Caller, which if you don't know, is co owned by a Fox News anchor. So it's really not that far removed from the first place that she spoke on. And she said, but this is America and I'm not going to bow down to the woke mob. I'm not going to give up on the team because of my personal or political views. But Tim, here's what the Senator hasn't done since getting into a public war of words with the WNBA. She's not spoken to her team directly, right? She's gone on Fox news. She's penned op eds, She's written to the league, but apparently asking the people who her own investment depends on to seek a middle ground is a little too much. Maybe we forget that in 2016 Jaguars owner Shahid Khan took heat because he, like many other NFL owners donated to the the Trump campaign. He also visited players in the locker room before a pre-planned like protest at a game, and he asked the players like Calais Campbell how he could help support their movement. And Campbell points to that specific moment as saying he understood that Khan was with the team, that it, it wasn't anything bigger than football, that he supported the players. And I'm thinking, maybe Lawford believes it's just too difficult to do because when you own a team, apparently social justice movements are lame unless they involve a flag. And if you don't support the flag, then you're a terrorist, a socialist, a Marxist, or whatever ist or hot phrases they want to use. Come on now. You can't issue statement after statement to speak out against the employees of your team because that, to me, means you're more concerned with your culture, the culture that you should be trying to cultivate in the WNBA, it, that it's not as important as that. And Atlanta is one of the, the faces of the WNBA. It's a historically black franchise. You, you just have to be thinking about this in more ways than what you're doing. And if all you want to do is go to news corporations and say your piece, instead of actually getting in the locker room and talking to the people that are responsible for the dividends that you make at the end of the day, don't tell me that you shouldn't have more politics in sports because that's all you're doing. You're just yelling into your own echo chamber, trying to make it better. And that's never going to work. Senator Loeffler, if you're hearing this, just talk to your team come to some sort of common ground. And if you don't, at least you went to distance and you had the civil discourse that is required in America for mutual respect and that's it. Tim, all right, episode eight, it's in the books. We had our second guest on the podcast. We introduced a new segment. We did a twofer of what's in my cup. Uh, This has just been so great. Thanks to all the listeners and supporters for stats on podcast. Uh, We're really, really proud to keep bringing you guys content every single week on your Thursday mornings. Hopefully, we'll get to some point in the future where we give you more than one episode a week, and you guys are just going to continue to love everything we got going on. Appreciate everything. Uh, Again,
1: thank you to Chris Cody for coming out. It's a huge favor to... Shout out to Chris Cody. Yep. Uh, Appreciate it. Nice to hang out, talk some sports, talk some life, and uh, enjoy beer. We will look forward to chatting with you guys again next week make sure you download and sub however you listen to your podcast we pretty much every platform uh, and we really really appreciate everyone taking a little time
0: to you kind know, of lend us your ear for a bit appreciate it love you guys talk to you next week